Reading from Luke 10, verses 38 to 42. Now as they went on their way, he entered a certain village, where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need for only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. Bless this word of the Lord. Though Mary and Martha's great story that contrasts the behavior of two sisters, these are great characters. These are great characters in the Bible that don't need a lot. Of, we all know these characters, right? We know these sisters very well. In fact, we are one of them. <laughs> How many of you are Marthas? Would you call yourself Marthas? How many of you? Don't complicate things for me. <laughs> How many of you think you're Marys? See, no one wants to admit being a Mary. I'm a Mary. (laughs) I I do anything to get out of doing the work around the house. (laughs) But like Val says, we're probably a combination of of both of them. I'll let her do a sermon sometime and she can... (laughs) We're probably a little bit of each in different times. Uh, But this story is such a great... uh, such a great description of what the life of following Jesus is like. You know, Martha wasn't doing anything wrong. In fact, she was doing something that was required by the law of Moses. She was extending hospitality to people who had come to her house. If she had not extended hospitality and put, you know, offer some food and offer some drink and made sure that everything was taken care of and made sure that feet were washed when they came in the door and took care of all those little details, it would have reflected poorly on her household. And the and that you know, people would have been talking about it, whispering about how Martha and Mary's house they just kind of sat around, didn't do any didn't do what was required in regards to hospitality. So you know, it's kind of BYOB when you go to Martha and Mary's house, right? That would be the <laughs> that would be the reflection reflect poorly on the family. And so she was doing what was right by the law and doing important important things. And yet here we have Jesus uh, kind of admonishing her when she comes and says, "You know, I could use a little help out in the kitchen." Jesus, would you tell Mary to get off her duff and come help me out a little bit? Uh, maybe you'll have better luck than I would. And you can almost hear Mary rolling her eyes. Oh, Martha. <laughs> but Jesus takes this opportunity to say, look, there is, a, there is some urgency here. There is some urgency here. The world around us is not the way it should be. And, and I want to equip people while I'm here. I need to equip people while I'm here to do important kingdom of God building work. And there is a foundation that needs to be laid here. 
And so Mary is receiving what she can from me while, I, while she can because there is this sense of urgency. Uh, it's not that you're choosing one over the other, but Mary is engaged in something that needed urgent atten- attention even at the cost of hospitality and busyness and work. Of course, I look at this and I'm, I'm cognizant of the fact that Pastor Curtis stands up here almost every week and tells you how urgent it is that we get out there and do some stuff. <laughs> how urgent it is that we extend hospitality to the poor and the disenfranchised. How urgent it is that we bring healing into the lives of people who've been harmed by the church and other things in the world around us. How, how, how much time we need to jump in there and deal with things like immigration and, and racism. And I mean, we're a socially conscious, uh, j- social justice driven church here. How, uh, we, we take on mission with passion. How urgent it is that we provide lunch for kids on the street. How urgent it is that we lobby for Medicaid expansion at the legislature. We, there is a sense of urgency to get out there and do some stuff. Amen? we got a lot to do. There's a lot on our plates. And the way Pastor Curtis talks to you about it, it makes it sound like it's all on your shoulders. <laughs> you got to get out there and do it. If not us, who? If not First Baptist Church, who's going who's gonna to stand up for the kingdom of God here in Salt Lake City? However, what I hear Jesus saying to Mary this morning and what I hear Jesus saying to Pastor Curtis and what I hear Jesus saying to all of us is that, yes, there are important things for us to do. But we've got to remember why we're doing them. We've got to lay that groundwork. We've got to continually uh, ground ourselves in the Word of God, in the teachings of Jesus Christ, in the person, the incarnation of God made flesh, Jesus, who calls us to this work, who equips us for this work, and who gives us the kind of faith we need to continue this work even when we fail. See, one of the problems is if we just start running out there and doing it, and when we are disappointed, if we haven't done our, if we haven't grounded ourselves in who Jesus is in the world, if we haven't grounded ourselves in the Word of God, if we haven't, if we haven't taken on to our hearts the vision of the kingdom of God that transcends the way the world looks now, then when, when what we try to do falls short, we may find ourselves writing it off. God's a joke. The kingdom of God is a pipe dream. And the world's a mess. Can't beat them. Don't want to join them, so I'm checking out. What Jesus offers us is grounding and the kind of vision that has staying power, that transcends the times, that transcends Caesar or 
the president, whoever happens to be in charge at the moment. We worship a God who says the kingdom of God is real and the kingdom of God wins in the end, but it may take a while. It's going to take all our efforts and some of us may not live to see that. We may just plant some seeds. And uh, Pastor Ellis and I were just talking about how frustrated we are with the world right now. How we're just so, I I mean, I said, I find myself so angry a lot of the time and, and eager to try and figure out what to do. And yet I'm reminded that my beginning place is at the feet of the Master, at the feet of Jesus Christ. Prayer, receiving that equipping that I need so that my faith can withstand these dark times and any dark time that comes down the road. And as Pastor Ellis reminded me, God will not be mocked. Amen? God will not be mocked. We can hold on to that promise that God wins in the end. And and even Jesus lives out this example by retreating into prayer many times in the midst of his ministry. And even though he has so much to do, even though the people are pressing in on him, Jesus makes sure that he takes time to ground himself in who he is and whose he is. And so I invite us this day. I I want you all to be Marthas. I want you to get out there and do some stuff. We have, there is an urgency. There is a need for the kingdom of God to be lived out now, here, today in Salt Lake City. And by us, <laughs> First Baptist Church. If not us, then who? Uh, we have a lot to do. But it begins with spending time at the feet of Christ. And I don't know how, you know, we all do that differently. It was amazing being at camp uh, last week and having, and uh, you know, I was so busy all the time, and I struggled to find some time. But every once in a while, I would just go out the back of the door and stand by the river and let let the noise of the river just wash over me and and the sound of all of that and and just spend some time listening. I didn't even pray. I just listened to what the Savior was saying feeding me. Uh, if you're like me, get distracted. I challenge you to do this. Find, you know, find five minutes in the day just to spend in the, in the quiet. And I get, here's what you're going to realize is how long five minutes is. <laughs> However, I do something to, to try and keep me from being distracted. I, I light a candle and I turn away from my desk and I light a candle and I spend that time just being with God listening to what God has to say, speaking my, my heart. Uh, and I even set a timer, and that's okay. Go ahead, set a timer, but find, find something to keep you from being distracted. I, I play some music, play some of these praise songs we, we have. Journaling is a great way to be refreshed 
in the Lord. What's nice about journaling is you can go back and see how things like a year ago, what you were, what you were talking to God about and see how, how far you've come. Or, you know, you need find a sacred place to be uh, daily. Create some sacred space. Uh, I also have prayer beads that I use on occasion. Something that tactile. I, mean, I need a fidget most of my, in most everything. So prayer beads are really helpful because they keep me from being distracted. Whatever you need to do, whatever your, your discipline is, and if you don't have them, Google spiritual discipline <laughs> and start trying out some. Because you're going to need to be equipped. We're going to need to be equipped. If our faith is going to withstand the onslaught. If our faith is going to, wi- ha- going to be able to withstand what, it, what we're living in today and what we can't even imagine about the future, we are going to need that firm foundation that is grounded in who Jesus is in the world and the vision of the kingdom of God that Jesus has given us. Amen? Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we come and we sit at your feet today. And we invite you to teach us. To show us that one thing that is required. Be grounded in you. To have a firm foundation for our faith. That we might stand through anything. And know that you are God and you are in control And your love prevails. May we live that like we believe it. In the name of Jesus we pray.